Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. Welcome to Trailer Talk. I'm Sabrina Artel. I am so, so, so happy to be having this conversation with Joni Worley about her art and now some more information about my guest, Joni Worley. She is a painter and sculptor who lives and works in New York City and Livingston Manor in the Catskills of New York. She began her career during the 1980s in the East Village of New York City and has had multiple solo exhibitions in New York City and Livingston Manor. Her work has been shown in group exhibitions in galleries, alternative spaces, and university museums in New York and throughout the East Coast, including White Columns, Case University, SUNY Albany, Hartwick College, and Marymount Manhattan College. Uh, she has a show that is at the Delaware Valley Arts Alliance right now in Narrowsburg, New York, in the neighborhood where we reside. And uh, we're going to be discussing that show, Garden Variety, and also this um, exploration that Joni practices with, with her art that connects, of course, to her life, to her relationship to the body and her body, to other practices in her life, such as trapeze and yoga. And I want to discuss these intersections with Joni Worley discover things. It's such a pleasure. This is the first time we're going to have a conversation about her work. Welcome to Trailer Talk, Joni. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. So why don't we just dive right in to your current show at the Delaware Valley Arts Alliance Garden Variety. When I stepped into the gallery space, I encountered a, a kind of forest of the body. I was introduced to uh, some pieces just outside the gallery room, which began this journey for me. And then I was struck by what I was seeing with these sculptures that were jeweled and playful, yet also quite mysterious and serious. I had to navigate in a really interesting way through my own relationship, even with the interior and the exterior of ourselves. So I'm wondering if if you can um, begin with what is this exploration with these sculptures in this show, Garden Variety? The first body of work in this show, because there are really two bodies of work in a way, reference anatomy and I had already been making big paintings of anatomical organs. So they sort of took off from the paintings. And then while I was up here during COVID, I took a lot of walks outside. I picked up a lot of tree bark, some, you know, some wood. And I changed what I was doing. The sculptures really became more about the natural world. Um, I stopped painting them as much as I had the first ones. And I really focused on juxtaposing disparate materials together. They look more dioramic than the ones that 
sort of focused on the internal body. So there's kind of an interplay between internal and external. I really saw that in these sculptures, and you're mentioning the natural world, because one that comes to mind is a sculpture that had, I mean, it looked as if it came from a tree, perhaps, or from the forest that was in the mix of of these other sculptures. And there was a sense for me of walking into, really walking into a, a kind of internal experience, actually. Then you are talking about anatomy and you're talking about internal organs. And I had that experience also of almost being underwater, if that makes sense, which was really intriguing but also this this kind of uh, literally putting on a pedestal these objects, which are internal organs, which do reside inside, kind of away from, from view, uh, but are so significant, mixed with jewels and baubles and, and also kind of medical equipment almost, right? Actually, the medical equipment is um, plaster rolls that used to be used to wrap broken bones with to form a plaster cast. And I had two of those done and I watched very carefully how they did it. Yes, and the jewels are actually, um, they, they started out being real beads. You know, I was when I looked at um, the medical illustrations, there, there, there were lots of little balls around, I mean, sort of referencing the alveoli and I just I love the look of it I've used beads in a lot of um, the pieces but I've also made my own little balls little marble balls by casting them because I want different colors and different sizes so yeah a lot of resin I've used and why did you decide to move from your paintings into the sculptural work and you talked about a diorama you know, this experience right. of kind of being able to enter something in a dimensional kind of way. Right. That's a really interesting question. Um, I had done a whole series of large paintings of internal organs that sort of floated on a surface that um, I had. It, it looked like the rock canvas was in back of it. Hmm. Um, and then I did a series of small paintings and usually I worked on the small paintings up in the Catskills in the summertime before I had a real studio. And I had just brought, you know, a few of them up to work on and a bunch of, you know, new canvases and I set them up and I said to myself, I'm really bored with these. It's time to move on. I just don't feel inspired to do any more of these small paintings. So then I thought about, you know, you know, for years people had said, oh, you know, these are so sculptural, the forms in your paintings. You know, why don't you try making them into 3D pieces? And I thought, well, finally, maybe I'll just take the risk and plunge. And I did. And at first I followed the, um, the forms in the paintings really closely. And of course it came out really differently. And at first I painted them like the forms in the paintings are painted, but that came out really differently. Um, so that's how the whole thing started. Thank you, Joni, for sharing that. I'm speaking with artist Joni Worley about her work. She has a show up right now in our neighborhood in Narrowsburg, New York, at the Delaware Valley Arts Alliance.
garden variety. You write in your artist statement about your own medical history. And in referencing your paintings, which we've just been discussing, how these sculptures are coming out of that body of work. And you write, uh, in the previous two years, I'd undergone two major medical procedures that brought back memories of other surgeries from childhood. And then you go on to parallel that with your work. And I'm wondering if you can talk about that, this cutting and rearranging, as you say. Um, so I was born with a malformed bile duct, and this was discovered at the age of six. They didn't have scans back in those days. So I was I was pretty sick before the age of six throwing up and everything. And it's it's a big surgery where they take out the common bile duct, or at least at that point, two-thirds of it, and they attach a piece of intestine in its place. It's cutting and, you know, re-gluing, so to speak. There's a medical term for it, which I've forgotten right now. Anastomosis, I think. So in the years after, I recovered from that, and I thought that that was that with that. But then in my mid-40s, I started having problems again. I had my gallbladder taken out, which is pretty normal, but my, I, you know, I had a gallstone the size of a golf ball. So they had to do a major surgery, and then two years later, I had the whole surgery from when I was six redone again. And... Um, a few years after that, I had the left side of my liver taken out because I had um, blocked bile ducts and the little, you know, delta network of bile ducts that are in the liver and those flow into the common bile duct. So that was taken out just because of one tiny duct. And so far, fingers crossed, I've been fine ever since. But, you know, all the ductal work definitely uh, <laughs> resonates in my, in my work, in my sculpture. It definitely does because of the the kinds of the tubes going in and out and a kind of flow. And even within the internal organs themselves, these sculptures that you've created, there is even a sense of the internal within what is already something that is inside right. of us, you know, which is fascinating. So these layers and how does what you've just been sharing about your own medical history connect then to not only your your own, it seems, fascination with anatomy and internal organs because of your personal experience, but also then I mentioned you're a trapeze artist, you are a practitioner of yoga. So there's also, to me, something that's connected to your own, let's say, uh, triumph, physical, pushing yourself to certain extremes, but also exploring energetic aspects. And I'm wondering if you can talk about that in relationship sure. to your work. Sure. Um, so when I was in college, I thought maybe I would be a dancer, but I injured my knee. So that was kind of out. And then when I was, I was pregnant with my daughter, I started doing yoga and I've been doing yoga with Jenny um, in New York City, up the block from me. I mostly live here now, but she does it on Zoom as well. So it's been 32 years since I've been doing yoga with her. I started doing Pilates up here. And the flying trapeze, I started at a club med once that we went to with our kids. And there was the trapeze rig just plunked there. I finally went up and I took a swing and that was it for me. I knew I would be going back up. I had to wait a long time before a trapeze rig came to New York City. And then when it did, so if you could talk about even where you're doing it, because I'm aware that you're doing 
trapeze classes and also performances at the studio of Elizabeth Streb. Yes, SLAM, the Streb Lab for Action Mechanics, has great flying trapeze classes there. And, you know, I go at least once a week. I, I try to go more. It's invigorating, you know. It's You feel like you're flying. Um, it can be hugely frustrating at the same time. <laughs> yeah, well, and and terrifying for someone like myself. It's incredible because you're describing you know, with both the yoga practice and also your trapeze uh, studies and also performance, which is really about pushing the body to extremes and finding other ways to move through space. How is that connecting to your art practice? What is this dialogue? Well, I think the vitality comes across, the vitality of the organs, the vitality of the landscape comes across in the artwork. I'm trying to think what else. Is there something about freedom perhaps? Or... Of course, freedom, just feeling like you can be weightless at times. You mentioned feeling like you were underwater when you went into the show. And I, I just love that. I love that people feel different things in response to seeing the work. Yeah, it felt in a way as if I was swimming through, you know, these kinds of... Uh, underwater universes and then really staring and looking at these sculptures and trying to figure out what was I looking at and somehow recognizing that is something inside me. But then of course, these sculptures are not um, about a realistic depiction. I'm wondering if you can describe perhaps a piece that comes to mind from your show Garden Variety right now for those listening. I guess I'll describe my most recent piece, which um, is more connected to the natural world. I call it Alpen Reminiscences because as a child, I was exposed to the Alps in Switzerland quite a bit because my father was Swiss. I searched in the forest for like a, a piece of wood that had that was spiky on the top. And finally, outside my garden, my vegetable garden one day, I saw the stump that had been there for years. And I said, that's it. And I got someone to saw down the stump because I don't use a chainsaw and it, it was pretty big. And I had to, um, I had to like shave off a lot of pieces in order to get it smooth. And, you know, part of it was riding. And then I used, um, resin with dye in it to make it look like there was water coming down the crevices in it, forming pools on the bottom. That's incredible. Is that the piece that I was referring to earlier that's in the show or is this a different one? This is a different one. Almost looks like a nest or something, but I mean, it's wood and it's... This long one. Yeah. Okay. This is a very tall piece. It's a piece of wood that I found in the woods. I'm not exactly sure what this sort of oval thing in the middle is. Anyway, so I took the piece of wood and then on the top of it, I made um, a section out of plaster, really a tube. And up at the end of the tube is what I consider to be a nest-like structure. And mm -hmm. into the nest, I put some red balls. It's being held up by a flange and a pipe. 
Um, and I like the way the industrial look works with the wood. And I did get that sense of a nest or it holding something. It's also, in this case, this juxtaposition between natural object, wood, with these produced objects. Right. You know, which is also kind of incongruent in a in a wonderful way, that mixing. And what about the piece, Nothing Is As It Seems, you know, which is... Okay, I know which one that is. Um, that one uses foam insulation, which I've used a lot in the shape of a flower. And that, that originally um, did reference a, a little painting that I had done. I can't even remember what the anatomy was in that painting. I think it had something to do with the ear. So you've got the foam and then you've got some that kind of looks like a flower and you've got the little tubes coming out of the foam and then it's 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 built on a stand and there's also a tube coming out of the back of it that's um, parallel to the ground. Thank you for describing that. And going back to your artist statement, there's there's so much there that is intriguing to me. And this series of sculptures, as as you say, 21 small sculptures in this show, Garden Variety are a continued dialogue, of course, with your other work in this case, right? Your your paintings, your landscapes. And you talk about taking the organ out of its normal context. And also uh, when we think of internal organs or the body, we think of them in terms of their function. Right. So I'm wondering if you can talk about then your departure from that and and what 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 you're doing, you know, for yourself when you're departing from that and also connected to your own history with, you know, medical issues, operations, you know, a, a lifetime of that is this idea also of the the kind of cutting up and the recreation. Right. Um, so there, there was actually a whole body of work that I did where I did cut up my former paintings and I collaged them together and made them into something else. And that, that was really right after the surgery. I mean, I didn't, or one of the surgeries, I didn't really do it deliberately thinking, okay, I've been cut up. I'm going to cut up. It was more intuitive than anything else. And that's the way I work. Um, I wasn't, you know, planning to make a statement, but yeah, I mean, taking these forms out of their normal context and looking closely at the forms and not really caring about what it is that, that you know, how everything works inside was something that really interested me because, you know, of the way the, the shapes looked and what I could do with them. I mean, I highly stylized them and they're very colorful and they don't look at all like what they look like inside you because I did have an anesthesiologist take a picture of my insides. And oh, it, you did. I did. And guess what? It's exactly what you might think. It's kind of all brown and, and gloppy and, and, and sort of bloody. And like I looked at that and said, OK, this is nothing to do with my art. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's incredible. I like that you asked for the photograph, though of the inside uh, of your body during surgery. So you thought, okay, this isn't it. So you were going somewhere else with your work. 
I was going somewhere else with my work. Um, I, I, I was interested in the forms. Yes. And, 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 and the light, you know, hitting them, you know, outside their vessels. That w- that's what was interesting to me. And, and just changing them completely. I mean, you know, the, the forms in my work have nothing to do with, you know, what they actually look like in real life. So highly stylized. <laughs> yes. Yes. You mean there aren't jewels <laughs> kind right. of inside our body <laughs> yeah. and blowing bodies of water? I mean, I guess certainly these can be read as metaphor, but uh, yes, they're, they're highly stylized and you are bringing t- to the exterior, to the light, I guess, uh, what's normally inside. Hidden away. Yes. H- hidden away. In the uh, darkness. Yeah. Right. And, and so this idea of bringing to the light and, um, you know, in your artist statement, you do use the word freedom and we did talk about that a little bit. You're recontextualizing the body yes. and the experience of it. Is there a, a kind of message or something you're trying to share or not with people? Not necessarily. Um, I like people to look at this work and decide for themselves what they see in it. Um, I don't have a big message, you know, via these sculptures to impart to the world. I mean, they're not political. Um, They're just, you know, in a way, nothing is as it looks. Like you were saying, the title of that other sculpture that you mentioned, nothing is as it seems. Yep. Was, is maybe a theme here. Hmm. So a theme of nothing is as it seems of possibility of a kind of uh, taking perhaps fragmentation and making it whole. I, I, you know, I don't know, you know, I definitely, like I said, had this experience of being um, submerged in a positive way, you know, like diving right. down into another kind of reality, but, but it being mirrored back to me as oh my goodness, I'm looking at things that actually do reside inside myself. Right. Which is very interesting. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we conclude? My artist talk is coming up this Saturday at noon. So if anybody would be interested in coming to that, I would love it. Um, I'd love you to come see the show. It's pretty quirky. So I've actually been continuing this kind of line, this theme um, in my studio. I've gone back to two sculptures that I haven't resolved yet, but that I've already started. And that's always the easiest thing to do when you have a show up and it's like, oh, my God, now what? Um, you know, you have to jump into a whole new body of work or you have to, um, you know, start something from scratch. I'm envisioning going in more or less the same direction, but I'm not sure where it's going to take me because you never know. So one thing about my surgeries is that um, I was never a candidate for laparoscopic surgery. They always had to open me up. And like, I have these 12 inch scars on my belly that, um, you know, look like a geometry problem. They're going off in different directions. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I was most set on after recovering was getting back into the physical aspect of things. I mean, it was easier to get back into the studio because it wasn't physical, so to speak, but getting back to the yoga, getting back to the trapeze. 
And more from Joni's artist statement that I have been thinking about as we are speaking about her work and her current exhibition at the Delaware Valley Arts Alliance, the DVAA in Narrowsburg, New York. So as she's referring to her own body, and then of course, this body of work, these sculptures and their evolution, she writes, during long periods of recovery, I was aware of my physical and mental energy slowly regenerating. And then as she's referring to the paintings, which are part of an evolution that are now expressed in these current sculptures, she says, these shape paintings mark the joyful feeling of renewed vitality in my efforts to get the body's energetic sheath onto the canvas. And I'll add, of course, into this space in in these sculptures, in her current exhibition. And then she writes, the idea of the energetic sheath comes from the yoga concept of the subtle body, according to which the material body tries to become a graceful mark in space. And then in speaking about yoga and trapeze, she continues that they are two bodily pursuits that carry opposite connotations, balance stability on the one hand, hurtling momentum on the other, and that her work is responsive to both of these conditions. She writes, for the trained body, there is no conflict between discipline and freedom. And so, inspired by both activities, so I'm thinking about these ideas as, as she and I are, are talking about her work and the function of form, of the imagination, and of these, these practices from Joni's life that she's sharing. So the vitality that came back slowly also started to translate into my artwork, you know, connecting with, you know, what I did physically. Joni, thank you so much. Thank you, Sabrina. You're welcome. I've been speaking with artist Joni Worley about her current body of work, Garden Variety, that is in an exhibit at the Delaware Valley Arts Alliance in Narrowsburg, New York. If anyone is in this region and wants to learn more about Joni in person, she is giving an artist talk on Saturday, May 6th at noon. And otherwise, please go to JoniWorley.com to find out more about her work. I'm so happy that, Joni, you are able to join me in this Trailer Talk conversation. Thank you for your work and, and for sharing aspects of yourself. Well, thank you, Sabrina. You're welcome. Thank you all so much for listening. From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artell. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artell's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artell. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artell. Safe travels.